0: Welcome to Politics World War Room with James Carville, and I'm Al Hunt. This week, our guest is fabled New York Times journalist Thomas Byrne Etzel. Remember, we love taking your questions, so write into politicsworldroom at gmail.com or send a tweet to at for next week's show. Now, we're going to get to as many as we can, but don't forget to tell us where you're from. And please check out the links to our sponsors, Miracle Brand, Real Paper, and ZBiotics, and our episode show notes. We thank you thank you for supporting these sponsors. It really helps make this podcast happen. Please tell your friends about us and remind them to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. James Carville, uh, there was a blue wave that washed over Politics America on Election Day this week. Uh, Democrats won the governorship in deep red Kentucky. They ended Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin's presidential hopes by not only rebuffing his massive effort to win control of the state Senate, Democrats kept it, uh, but they even took control of the, GO- of the gop control, previously state house. Abortion rights was a huge winner in Virginia and in Kentucky, where it was deeply joined, and most of all, an overwhelming victory referendum victory in ohio which the goc gop unsuccessfully sought to sandbag now to be sure there were a few defeats as you know the one that hurt me and you i know was mississippi where democrat brandon presley ran a good race against a corrupt republican administration but just fell a little short mississippi is just too red right now uh and we democrats the Suffolk County executive race, and maybe one or two others, but there were many more Democratic victories, Supreme Court race in Pennsylvania, uh, rejecting right-wing uh, uh, teachers, the uh, Moms for Liberty, not, not right-wing teachers, but the kind of anti-teachers and school boards, and even Texas noted a big raise for teachers. The Democrats are alive and well this continues, a win streak this year. That's different than President Biden's standing, which I'm sure we'll get to later. James, your thoughts? Well, uh we'll start with Virginia. I mean, I, I work like a ready-mule
1: to cycle in Virginia and obviously Mississippi, uh, Kentucky also. Um, in Virginia, they, nobody can find Glenn Youngkin. I, I think I know where he is. He's at the courthouse, the one in Appomattox. And he's waiting to see if General Grant's going to let him keep his mountain and his sword. <laughs> and Does I mean, he get to keep his sword? <laughs> yeah. Uh, the big hero, the unsung hero of the Virginia cycle is one United States Senator Mark Warner. I, I, I mean, when Youngkin, when they got wind and Youngkin was out there with his billionaire friends, uh, Senator Warner went right to work. I'd say he... Would be the big hero, of course. My hero in all Virginia politics is our party chair, Susan Swecker, who's been on this show, who did just an outstanding job of state parties matter again. All right, recruiting and raising money, that that matters. So the Virginia stuff was 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 really good news. You know, uh, I think it was last week. I talked. We talked about Andy Beshear's campaign manager, Eric Hyatt people just don't have any idea of what a talented politician Andy Beshear is. And he won by five. He won by five. He won like Letcher County, which is I never thought a Democrat would ever carry. Um, This guy is a stunningly good politician. And he's somebody that people better keep an eye on. The the Ohio thing, all right, Understand, it's the same thing in Kansas. They lie, they cheat, they connive, they try to fool people, they try to confuse the wording, they try to adjust to election day, and every time they get their ass handed to him, what's his name, Frank LaRose, or whoever the Secretary said there, He's an immoral man. Not- All he does is freaking lie. And, and I don't know why they think that people, it's not going to irritate or aggravate people. And by the way, if you look at the turnout, the, the shit the Democrats turned out like crazy in Ohio. The exit polls, Biden carried, would have carried Ohio if just the people that voted in this referendum would have voted. So uh depends the Supreme Court. In Mississippi, you, you got to ask yourself, maybe, you know, Brandon, you know, had a pro-life record. He said he was. But we didn't do that well in Lafayette County, which is Oxford. And I think the, the, the trend of low black turnout is going to continue. And there's a Democratic wave everywhere but the, the Gulf South. Not, there's not much evidence of a big Democratic wave there. But I don't know if Brandon ran a, a really good campaign. It raised a lot of money. It, uh, you know it's, it's the ones you lose you tend to remember more than the other ones. And I'm going to Ohio, I'm going to Cleveland actually. to Senator Browns people call him. We'll go up there and do, and do some campaigning with him in January. So they should be pretty organized up there. But yes, it was. And I think we picked up a like a state legislative seat in new jersey or something i mean it's a couple life.
0: couple, couple? Uh, yeah. you know and the, and the gop thought they were going to uh, take control of one of the house they not only didn't but they uh actually slipped some oh it was that and, it uh, was that
1: club go oh, okay god i tell you yeah. go murphy he you know he's a dga chair um he put some some real money in there this guy's he, he's no slacker either
0: yeah, no. The DGA did a, even in Mississippi they did a great, yes, sure uh, did, a great job. You know, uh, and I, I have a bias. I can confess it now, since we're going to analyze it. My son worked for Brandon Presley down there. I think did a heck of a job. Presley ran a, ran a good campaign, uh, James. He actually raised more money than the incumbent, right. albeit crooked governor. Uh, and he had a, there was I was down there for a debate last week, and Presley won uh, decisively. But uh, it may be partially the black vote. I haven't looked at the particulars yet, and it may be it's just an awful tough state to win in. Uh, but in any that's event, it. I want to I, I, I want to turn to um, one thing you said that I think I slightly disagree with, and that is that Biden would have carried Ohio with this kind of turnout. No, this, no, 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 this, no. okay. Just so you know, that's not what I said.
1: If the okay, turnout, I'm sorry, go the ahead. people that turned out to vote in this referendum. If that, if that would have been the electorate, Biden – it was so pro-democratic. Actually, in the exit poll, Biden beat Trump. The people had voted.
2: Yeah.
0: That, well, I, yeah, and I, I stand corrected. But also, that exit poll showed 73% of the people who voted think Biden is too old. He has a 59-39 negative among what certainly is a more friendly uh, electorate than he's likely to face in 2024. Uh, I I think that uh, Republicans, as you say, they lie, they play games, it backfired. They even carried some conservative counties, they being the pro-choice uh, side, uh, like Jefferson. But James, when we talk about abortion, yes, Ohio w- was uh, number one, but Andy Bashir was pro-choice, his opponent was anti-choice. In Virginia, I I live in Washington. There was wall-to-wall advertising. Almost every Republican ad talked about crime and talked about Democrats will set loose uh, criminals on the street. And most of the Democratic ads talked about uh, a woman's right to choose. And I went out there and covered one race uh, out out in uh, suburban Washington and a former CIA agent named Russet Perry – Won rather handsomely against a very wealthy Republican who tried to paint her as soft on crime. It's a problem when you paint someone as soft on crime when they're a former CIA uh, operative and a, a special prosecutor. She won by more than five points. So I think it was just a big, a big win for abortion rights. And, I, you know, I, let me see just one more thing. Glenn Youngkin, who I think is very duplicitous, tried to play a game. Well, I, instead of ban, we'll cut it to 15 weeks with some exceptions. Democrats said, sure, this is the game he plays. And if he wins, he'll go and say, well, maybe we were a little bit too generous and we'll cut it back and have more restrictions. That was soundly rejected, and uh, as he was. So I think uh, abortion rights remains a very, very resonant so, issue. There's an untold story in American politics,
1: and it's a huge story. And the story is the pro-life groups have thrown in the towel. All right. So the position now of of Yunkin, who saw what it's going, by where Yunkin you know, was telling people, you know, Republicans privately that he'd sign anything that they put in front of him. So he, with the blessing of the National Pro Life Group, says, "Okay, uh, it's 15 months and then exceptions." Okay, that's Week, defeat. Right. I mean, 15 weeks. That's defeat. Yeah. That that's total yep. defeat. And and no one has like remarked that they have thrown in the towel. They said, look, you just do be for whatever you can be for. So 93, I'm told, uh, actually, Paul McGowan told me this, he's generally pretty factual that 93% of the Martians occur within the first 15 weeks. Now, and he also carved out exception, they're going to have an exception for uh, the whim of the mother. We're, we're far exception Virginia ways, but there's an exception. It's called the whim of the mother. Okay, fine. They have lost. They have given up. They have surrendered. Now, the, the Virginia public saw this, and they said, bullshit. We don't trust you on this. You're just playing political games. But if you take the actual position that Yonkin took with the imprimatur of the national pro-life groups, it represents a. There's no other word for it. It's a rout. It's a surrender. They need to show up at Appomattox courthouse with Glenn Youngkin and and beg for for mercy from General Grant because they beat. They're melting down like that Lee statue. They melted down this week.
0: James, that's such a good point. Uh, at- uh, you, you you noted, I think, that Yunkin was thinking of going to Iowa after his big victories on Tuesday. I think he's more likely to go to the Isle of, of White, uh, which is down in south uh, southwest uh, or southeast uh, Virginia, because it was a humiliating defeat for him. And I don't think I, – I think you got it uh, a few minutes ago. He would have signed. He would have gone along with anything. They thought this was a clever co- compromise, w- which would be, as they put it, a common-sense position – People didn't agree with that, but more than that, they thought that Youngkin was duplicitous, and they'll do whatever they want to do when they get in, and it, it, it'll be a it'll be a big issue in a lot of races next year. Other places, the Democrats gained a uh, Supreme Court seat in Pennsylvania again, a very and strong. they I mean, five, five for points.
1: Se- I mean, more than yeah. it wasn't it wasn't a right razor then. And right. they have, you know, when these state corporations, they raise money, they got organizational skill. I mean, I, it, it looks like, but the, the, Sam Alito is the father of the modern Democratic Party. I'm sorry. He just <laughs> is. And is is, is
0: bitter
1: and angry and rude. The old man, he is. He's winning us a lot of elections, man. The Clarence Thomas, he's yeah. so bought and paid for. No one gives a shit what he, you know, he's, he's trying to scam more RVs. I, I that story is just it, it, it's it's these are things that have happened that we just sort of take as part of. Well, well, somebody bought him an RV and forgave a, you know, two hundred fifty thousand dollar loan. What's the big deal? And, and that's just what the country has become immune to staggering, breathtaking corruption at the Supreme Court. But thank you, thank you, Sam.
0: Yeah, and, and you know who else was a, uh, a real loser on Tuesday was Donald J. Trump. Uh, he came into Kentucky. Coleman, the attorney general, was a big McConnell guy, and McConnell embraced him as he did. And Coleman uh, at the end sort of said, you know, I really want Trump rather than rather than my old uh, uh supporter mitch uh and uh trump came in made a big ad for him and everything and it got him nothing uh and certainly if you and and also trump was going to emulate the glenn youngkin abortion approach he said it publicly i like this kind of 15 weeks etc well you know what uh donald uh, that ain't gonna fly either (laughs) okay you, you think
1: you think Trump cares anything about abortions yet? I tell you, all right, big winner. He in, knows as much as he knows about the Bible, uh, James. Big winner in Kentucky, Fred Yang. He nailed the number, the uh, Saturday, like nine days before the election. Fred nailed it. And, and Eric Hyer, the campaign manager, who you know, I think the, the world of I think is a real combo, you know, you know, he's got us a, a little north of fifty-two. And, you know, of course, Cameron is going to close. are not going to win. I, I, I would have thought it would have been impossible. for a Remember, Andy won by 5,000 last time. And that was mm-hmm. coming off the heels of 2018, which was one of the better Democratic years we've had in this century, maybe. So uh, you can see that. In, in boy, there's just so much talent in this party. Please, people, wake up, look around smell the coffee i mean and the the, the one thing you say you talked about president biden whatever it it wasn't a factor I, I and they ran the stuff and it didn't do much they ran anti-trans stuff they just ran the same shit playbook in good campaigns you know and in abortion rights are going to win al- almost every time
0: yeah, they are. And James, it's interesting. If you look at New Jersey and Virginia, you remember two years ago uh, to this day, there was a general, uh, really a sense of, you know, sort of a mini-depression with Democrats because Phil Murphy barely hung on to win the governorship in New Jersey and Terry got, uh, McAuliffe got beaten by, uh, was by Youngkin. A lot different today, isn't it? I mean, Democrats gaining in New Jersey and Democrats holding on against the uh, Against the really uh, the the onslaught of the Yunkin so-called the, machine, which doesn't look very effective today,
1: does it? It it doesn't, and it's all Dobbs. And, and by the way, Kansas, I'm sorry, led the way. Mm-hmm. Right, that 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 thing was as big, or oh, maybe bigger than we even thought it was sure was. It, I mean, it just, you saw the same. Well, they brought in this crack outsider <laughs>
0: to, uh, cam- to campaign for them. And and with that deep Louisiana accent he had, they couldn't understand half of what he said, but they knew he was right. That's right. You, you know,
1: I'm probably only, i get all these campaigns for me to come in. I, I did, a according, I'm sure they did it to make me feel good, but they said that it was the biggest fundraiser they'd had in polit- Kentucky political history. It was at Chrissy Brown's house, who was part of the Brown Foreman. I'm sure that had something to do with it, but at any rate, I'm going to Ohio. I go there. I go. You know, and I think the benefit is they can't—they can't accuse me of being a national democrat because they can't understand what I'm saying. So I don't know, if maybe so.
0: But, <laughs> I don't know, maybe they can't, but they want more of it. All right, right, so well, right, You know,
2: right, right, whatever right, it is, you know, keep
1: it. Yeah, I just got But you know. Go ahead. No, I just sent out a tweet for Senator Casey about the great night we had in in Pennsylvania. Uh, Just to I I, I wonder what Dave McCormick, I wonder how he's scurrying around trying to figure out, because you know one thing about Dave McCormick, he don't give a fuck about abortion any more than flying the moon. All that guy cares about is he and all his billionaire friends keep to keep as much money as they possibly can. But the Dave McCormick internal Operation is trying to figure out what to say. I, I, I can't wait till he comes out.
0: Well, you know that's such a good point because they had their backup position. They thought Yunkin had really nailed it. Yeah, it was going to be 15 weeks. They got the, the most of the right to lifers to sell out. Trump had embraced it. And guess what? Uh, you know the dogs don't like that dog food. Know, it ain't gonna. It ain't know, gonna work. But, but you're right. The Bosch groups have suddenly
1: only sold out; they've surrendered. Like, right. we don't want any more of this. I, it's it's and, stunning.
0: And James, you noted it started in Kansas. It did, but it's been you know omnipresent across the country. It was there was a Kentucky referendum even before this governor's race. There was a Michigan referendum. Uh, we now have uh, Ohio. There were state races, legislative races in New Hampshire. Races versus New Hampshire, uh, and every single time, I don't think I think without exception, the pro-choice candidate or ballot initiative has won. Now, uh, I, I think Republicans are going to have a nervous breakdown over this because, among other things, they have right now, as the Speaker of the House, the single highest-ranking Republican official in the land is a zealot on abortion. He would ban it totally. And I don't know how they escape from that.
1: I don't either. And, and if anybody wants to, please Google The Daily Show, Sarah Silverman, Mike, Mike Johnson. You will laugh yourself stupid. And, <clears throat> uh, and every time we find out, of course, I kind of understand it because I grew up around it. Every time we find out something about this guy, it's weirder and weird. I don't care if, you know, so he doesn't have a checking account, but that you know, it's kind of like you're making two hundred grand a year. You, what's in his forties, late forties? Okay, I don't know. And then he and he and his son he brags that they spy on each other's computer habits. I wouldn't even go in my daughter's bedroom. I mean, is that kind of weird to arrange totally weird? to I, mean, I, 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 you know, maybe I'm got. I don't. I, by the way, I, I've heard, I would have no experience on this, to be very clear, but in Louisiana, you actually can't access porn. I heard that in a bar. So if you put you pawn in a computer, and it'll say, yeah, uh, Louisiana law, and uh, I think they ask for a lot of information that certain people in certain positions are not willing to disclose this information. Again, I heard this. How would I know personally uh, but I do know that you can get it in California. Where I am, it seemed to just pop right up. But uh, so I don't know. I'm. I'm. I'm you were strange. told that, I was story. told. You I haven't was, practiced. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, good. I was told that. I would nothing, of course, that I would do myself. But right. I, right. But I, there's something. There's a. There's a, a I mean, maybe to them, that's normal. But but there's something. And you ever notice how much. How obsessed they are with with, with homosexuality. I, I'll be honest with you. You, I, all the people that I know, talk to. We, over half the people I talk to, you talk to. When's the last time anybody ever bought up somebody's sexual preference? I mean, it wouldn't even if you did, people would go, "What are you talking about? You didn't even. It doesn't even enter our mind." All right, and that's all they talk about. I don't know I, I I don't know if it, there's any larger message out here but it's his obsession with it is is quite quite remarkable and I you know I'm like Tucker Carlson I'm just asking questions why are the people that why are they so obsessed with this issue because i I'm I'm really uh, you know, somebody gets married. We don't fucking go to the wedding, man. It's, you know, it's boy, girl, 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 boy, boy. We don't give a shit. I mean, it's not a. It just doesn't. It's it, it, Polite people don't even bring this up anymore.
0: Right, James. Let me say one thing that I hope is encouraging to your children and my children. Okay. Even if we wanted. To hack into their oh, computers, uh, uh, which we don't. But even if we did, we don't know how to do it. So therefore, right. I want our kids You're and my right. kids, oh, your yeah. kids and my yeah. kids, to so know we are not going to pull a Mike Johnson.
1: <laughs> but you got you can you can hire. By the way, on Covenant Eyes, just so you know, I'm told this. So so I, I'm repeating something I heard, but I'm, it's probably true. But you get a twenty dollar referral fee. So if I sign up for Covenant Eyes and I go and I get the Willow Glen Baptist Church and they get a 100 of them sign up, I, I get a $20 cut out of every sign-up. Again, it's Eric Hoffer. the smartest thing ever said in the history of the world is every, every movement begins as a cause, morphs into a business, and ends up a racket. It's all a fucking racket. That's all they run. It sure is. uh, Another thing before I go, just so you know, the 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 Southern Baptist Convention said there's a law to do somebody want to change and extend the statute of limitations for pedophilia. And the Southern Baptist Convention is very, very against that. And uh, I I just have to remind people that the Paul Pressler School of Law that Mike Johnson was going to be the dean of, there are eight youngsters that have accused him uh, of, of, of you know, of, you know what I'm saying here without saying it. Uh, in that Again, there's this obsession and protection in Dennis R. Hassett. The judge said that he was a serial pedophile. But that's all it, the, I, 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 actually, I don't think about it. Somebody. He said, if I know somebody and they're going to dinner, I'll ask him what the fuck if they're hetero, homo, I don't, who gives a shit anymore? But they do. Yeah. Oh boy, I've uh, been obsessed with it.
0: They sure do. Uh, James, I want to close this segment with just a note of personal privilege or a Go message ahead. to my son Benjamin, who worked 24 7 down in Mississippi for Brandon Presley. He knew, thought it was really important, grew to love the state, find so many people he liked who were so supportive. Uh, and Benjamin, when you're listening this week, don't be down. Even James Carville lost races before oh, he became geez. James Carville. So you'll you'll be back. Yeah. You had the better candidate. You ran the better campaign. It's just the odds were stacked against you. Absolutely. And, you know, it's the whole thing. It's Uncle Lloyd, you know,
1: the best time to get back on a horse is right after you've been thrown. I mean, that's one of you know my life's lessons from my uncle taught me that. So, no, he better than have anything. They, you know, he really people really loved him down there, and his
0: career's, you know, he's he's getting started here. And that was a tough well, place. They I mean, the incumbent governor, which nobody would have no, predicted. But no, nobody, right, right, and did it of so anyway. Ben, this is just the start. Hey James, we have today one of the great journalists in America, Thomas Byrne Etzel, who uh, anything he writes uh, I devour because it's so thoughtful uh, and he just rises above the perfunctory with every single piece. Tom, first of all, welcome and you wrote a brilliant you wrote a brilliant piece in the New York Times on the political ascent of white Christian nationalists. One of its own Mike Johnson is now Speaker of the House, who is called the embodiment of white Christian nationalism. How does their agenda priorities differ from other political conservatives?
2: Uh, Well, primarily they believe that the United States, uh, one, is a Christian nation, uh, and that the pursuit of biblical truth should be basically incorporated into the goal and function of government uh that 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 government should be basically an agent of christianity uh to some extent uh there are tones of meaning white christianity uh but they don't usually say that explicitly uh the other they, quite big point is they don't really trust democracy. Uh, Mike Johnson has said democracy is like two wolves and a lamb. Uh, and basically, they believe that the elected leadership should be a, a Christian supporting entity and that voters should pick people like that how all that works in a democracy is, is a little difficult to figure out well tom also their history is a
0: little bit uh, hard to figure out they claim we are a christian nation since the founding uh and that uh, thomas jefferson's famous letter to the danbury Baptists uh said unequivocally there is a wall of separation between church and state how do they address that or do they just ignore that
2: well, basically, they ignore that. And also, I mean, Jefferson's comment is a is an assertion of his view. They basically—it's not institutionalized in the Constitution, per se, so that uh, they can challenge it in the sense that it's not law as such. They have a different interpretation of what uh, government should be and the, the goals that it should pursue. So this is part of a larger phenomenon taking place uh, on the right. You see uh, guys like Patrick Denine uh, at uh, Notre Dame pushing basically a very similar argument from a Catholic point of view. There uh, and there is an increasing agreement on and the, the Claremont Institute, for example. <laughs> you wouldn't call it a, a white Christian nationalist institute, but it does support policies and a viewpoints that are very similar, where they see the political system as the last refuge of the good and decent people of America. And go ahead. No, no.
0: I think that's fascinating. Um, you know, as I recall my American history, uh, Mr. Jefferson played a little bit of a role in uh, in drafting uh, not only the Declaration but also the um, the Constitution. And he wrote that letter to the Danbury Baptist when he was President of the United States. But I guess if you hold a worldview that you don't want to have question, it's just easier to dismiss it. The other thing that Mike Johnson said is the Bible is the word. Everything he does johnson said in an interview is drawn from the bible now tom i'm going to admit it's been a while since i've read the good book but help me Uh, i don't recall any passages that called for denying a perfectly legitimate election or waging a false impeachment and even on immigration which they are very anti uh there's the story of the good samaritan so is it my biblical ignorance or is it mike
2: johnson's I think the Bible lends itself to so many different interpretations, and there are different elements of the scripture that can be, it's like statistics. Uh, I don't want to say something, but once you get them down, they'll do anything for you. Uh, the, the, uh, The Bible is really, it's what people read into it rather than what's in it, and you can make counter arguments all all over the place uh, the, the, once you get into that kind of discussion you're going to lose because it's such a uh, everything is a back and forth and i believe this uh, there's this citation in the bible if you look at the, this place it doesn't agree with that uh, i mean I could go on and on, but I'm, I'm not a biblical expert either.
0: Uh, uh, Tom, one more question, then turn it over to James. Uh, white Christian nationalists are a huge force in the Republican Party. Are they as big or bigger than big business or neocons or any other uh, Republican-supporting uh, interest group?
2: I think they've certainly edged out big business, uh, although big business has is is not out of the ball game, but in terms of politics, the whole Trump election was a realignment within the Republican party of who has power. He empowered clearly white non college voters basic working class whites, and he gave them power to pick nominees. It used to be the big business, the lobbyists downtown. The the, uh, establishment Republicans consistently picked picked the Republican nominee. Trump violated that whole principle that had been going on for decades and basically created an insurgency within the party. In doing so, he (coughs) empowered not just uh, white non-college guys, but the whole white Christian movement. And it is the most active movement on the right and ha- represents roughly 40% of the Republican electorate. That is enough to, to elect or defeat almost anybody within the Republican Party electorate. So it has a, a huge degree of leverage there. It's also very conscious of what its goals are and who it wants to elect. Uh, the... the steady elimination of moderate Republicans and the rise of uh, conservative, hard-nosed, hard-right Republicans has come in large part from the districts that are disproportionately evangelical. Uh, and, and so you see a, uh, a real rising sense of power and strength on the religious right within the Republican Party. As a part of the national situation, white Christians are a declining population, but they they turn out in droves. Even as they have declined, their share of the electorate has stayed the same. They've, they've been able to sustain more, more and better turnout that, uh, over time than almost any other group you could name. And it's finally paying off for them. Uh, within Republican Party ranks, and you see it now with the election of Mike Johnson. James Carville.
1: Uh, just a, 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 a comment on one There's a famous letter, I think, from George Washington to the sexton of the Jewish congregation in Rhode Island. and But he was pretty clear. I think he was a chairman of the Constitutional Convention. A minor, minor figure in early American West history. That's what Jefferson said. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah, so... Uh, uh, we'll, we'll gloss over that and, and what what his, his feelings were if you were if i read your column and i was in college and somebody said describe what tom etzel is talking about i'd say well, he's talking about a theocracy
2: that's what they really want i think that's right actually uh, uh, okay they so, want government <laughs> tied to a religion or to a set right. of religious beliefs and that is a theocracy right. you're right that, that
1: that and if you want to know what it really is, look at the syllabus of errors. It was issued by the Roman Catholic Church, I think, in the eighteen seventies. <laughs> Just please look it up and see how how profoundly fucking stupid it is. But let me go to David Broder. To me, is one of the more comical figures in American political journalism. But and he was very much. But on the other hand and this is, and this broterism exists today. All right, James, they got their crazies. All right, I'll admit that. But you got to admit the Democratic Party has its crazies. So compare the strength of what I call to be polite, the identity left. What I'm talking about is the Amherst Humanities faculty and people that go around policing language and, and et cetera, et cetera. They're a influence on the Democratic Party and the theocrats' influence on the Republican Party, I suspect that they're not remotely the same. Uh,
2: They're not. I mean, it's clear that the what you call the theocrats are much more influential and, in fact, can exercise veto power over whatever policy, especially in the House, is going to be adopted. And in terms of their actual votes... They are, a, they are the plurality group within the Republican Party. The, the left wing of the Democratic Party is basically a small faction and has much less power. Yeah. Uh, but the problem is it gets a great deal of attention. And when they do things like yeah. call for defunding the police uh, or uh, voting against Israel on a, a, a House resolution... It gets much more attention than the – well, the, the, the right wing of the Republican Party has gotten a fair amount of attention with this whole McCarthy uh, speakership right. fight. Right. Uh, it's brought to light a lot. So, so, uh, so the, the, the
1: people that we know, a lot of them we like, foster this kind of crap. And they just – they love – they love to say, well, yeah, they're crazy, but you know – you. you you know, I don't know, a splinter in your eye, or whatever analogy they draw. And I think this bothsiderism, this equivalency, I think it's an insidious, dangerous force in American journalism. And I think when people do that, they ought to be called out because it's just a stupid throwaway lie that in no way comports with the reality of the influence of these two groups within the party.
2: Uh. I agree, but how are you gonna? When you say they ought to be called out, you, you're referring really to media people.
1: Yeah, yeah. When somebody writes something that stupid, they need to be called on the phone, and told, and, and people have enormous respect for you. And they, they they're not evil. They're just repeating the same shit, vacuous, vapid crap that you hear all of the time. In, no one wants to call it on it. I mean, if I go, out, I can imagine how many speeches I give, and it's all oh, well, yeah, they're crazy, but you get it, no, it's not the same. It 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 just isn't to establish a theocracy in you know to call democracy. I don't know two two wolves or whatever because it. I I, I just don't. It so creeped into our culture and to the way that we think. And I think it's, not only is it wrong, it's dangerous because it equates naivety with, say, evil, but it, it, I think a theocracy, theocracy is an evil form of government. Go try Iran if you think it's good. Go live there. There's a theocracy in, in motion. And I don't think that AOC or, or any of these people, I, I don't. I, I think they're naive, but I'm, they're not bad people. These people are nuts. And thank you for, I just can't tell you how much I appreciate a guy like you writing a piece like this, drawing attention to it. And the most, the, the other crazy part of this, I'm talking a little too much, but is this whole young earth. And understand, hey, they... The two things they believe the earth is 6,000 years old, and they really believe in fossil fuels. They don't see the, They don't see how to say Wait a minute. How do you think that shit got here? I oh, no. and, and Mike Johnson is not just a guy that says he's funny. Really, you know, George W. Bush said, well, you know, some people say it. I, I don't know. I, you know, I, I have an open minds. No, it's not an open mind. Earth ain't 6,000 years old. Fuck it. No, it's not. Not even close. It's not even 600,000 years old. It's not even six million years old, all right. But we we just let it go, and you know, thank. I I just can't appreciate tell you how much I appreciate the fact you put this in print and you you put it with a guy, your reputation and your stature, in a place that I I I still think has too much vapid nonsense in the New York Times. But this was good. Thank thank you for what
2: you did. It's a great piece. I appreciate that. But you raise a question that has um, been the constant problem for the—I uh, mean, Trump has created—has turned what has been a long-term problem into a major problem, and it's not—it's one that the, the media, the press, whatever, has been unable to, to find any kind of effective solution. And. Um, so before I let you go, Tom, I'll turn
1: back to our this one thing. I, I suspect that you, like me, think that Rui Teixeira and John B. Judas are, are, are kind of smart, observant people. Why do they keep telling us how bad the Democratic Party is and we keep winning fucking elections? If, if the if the Democratic Party is falling apart and is subject to we've lost everybody on immigration, we've lost everybody on, on police, we lost everybody on everything, but the only
2: thing we don't lose is elections. All right. I, I, it's just. And on top of that, you said that this time CNN poll look, makes uh, Biden look like a uh, a walking liability, and then they win elections. Uh, I agree. Yeah. They, uh, there's something uh, weird going on. Uh, it,
1: there is. Well, tell 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 John and Rui that I just want to know if we we losing everything. Why do we no. keep winning? <laughs> but
2: they, they, in fairness to John and we. Uh, they well they emphasize the liabilities of the Democratic Party, which which both of you guys have done uh, at times. You with the faculty lounge cracks, and uh, that I, I think both of you have found the problems of the Democratic left causing problems for the whole Democratic Party. But, uh, but in terms of the seriousness, which is where, it, or where the rubber really hits the road, there is no comparison.
0: Yeah. You know, you, you mentioned Trump. Um, these white Christian nationalists are pro- professed to be deeply religious people. So how do they justify their support for Trump, who a judge has found committed rape? He was caught on camera making despicably crude remarks about women. He's ridiculed people with disabilities. Pete Weiner who is a devout Christian, has said Trump is a man more identified with hedonism than Christianity. So, so how do those people that you were writing about this week, how do they justify Trump?
2: Uh, it's even more dramatic than that. Everything that Trump does— Mike Johnson has cited as behavior that has led to the downfall and the undermining of civilized America. He, when you get into the specifics of the morality that Trump violates, he, he sees that as a cause of decline in America, but he does not make the linkage between Trump, who he has endorsed, And uh, and and Trump embodying the behavior and the the morality that he believes is at the heart of the collapse of American civilization. He doesn't make that linkage, Uh, and instead, he he, uh, I've only seen one comment from him on this. He was asked in a Louisiana radio station interview about this and I wish I had it in front of me but he had basically a mealy mouthed answer saying i know uh, he's had his problems but with facing joe biden we have to make a choice and it's in this case and we have to we have to stand by the man who is closer to us but it's all the it's just a political it's a political excuse and but there has been no rationale that works that that fits Christians and Trump in the same room together, much less in the same party together. Well, uh, Tom, one
0: might, which you wrote about, uh, you had one of your respondents talked about Christo-fascism.
2: <clears throat> was that Mike Bedozer, I think?
0: No, I don't think it was, but I can't, you know, I, I should have your article in I don't, front of me. I don't but have there
2: have it was... in front of me. Uh, I think that there's a lot to that, that this idea of if you want to impose a theocracy, it's going to have to be done in an authoritarian fashion. That means basically skirting democracy and avoiding democratic procedures. So that end run to achieve the goal that they want to, and this is true also of the the Patrick Deneen kind of argument on the Catholic right. It requires an effort to to basically (coughs) overcome what has become an increasingly liberal electorate. America has moved left consistently over time for the past 50 years— there's a very good article about this that I was just reading where the trend line is just steadily moving to the left. The Christian right and its allies are getting left behind. They are fighting. Afraid- where was that article,
0: Tom? Huh? You remember?
2: I got where it. was that article? I'll send it to you. But- good. Okay. Uh, but the, 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 they have been. Left behind, and they talk about themselves as the left behind, and when you're against a in, when you're in a battle and you're losing <clears throat> and you see the other side has more troops than you, and it's a democracy, you decide you better not fight just by democratic means you have to use other tactics i e you have to screw up elections as much as you can you have to uh Deny people the right to vote whenever you can. You have to make it so that only your people can do the choosing. You have to divide gerrymandered districts in a fashion that will work for you. All these are rearguard actions to deny an emerging majority, which is much more left than these guys want. And they see it as a as a threat to their very existence. And when you're on the ropes like that, you, you're willing to play dirty, and it's it's uh, a characteristic of a of a defensive uh, position that when you see the other side is having more ammunition than you, you got to figure out some way to subvert them, and that means using as dirty tricks as you can, many dirty tricks as you can.
0: Yeah, I would notice that probably their two top issues or two of their three or four top issues are abortion and gay rights, and it's just been steadily moving against their interest in that. So I think that's a illustration of the point you're making. Uh, James Carvell, you want to wrap this up with a great Thomas burnessel uh,
1: Right. I, I, no, I, I, I do think that Tom has – and I said it earlier and I'm being repetitive here, but I think it's worth repeating – is pointing out something that people don't – realize. They look at him and th- th- these people tend to be relentlessly nice or polite. That's what people say about it. I'm sure that's the way he is. What this guy believes is is insidious. It it's it, it's a real, real danger. I, I mean, they're coming after this. And you know, they don't give up. They don't quit. We go off and, you know, we get distracted. And the stuff that you're writing about is just it's so against our traditions, you know. And the, uh, I'll, I'll leave a point. now. You can comment as you please. Gary Wills, so I think, knows what he's talking about. Points out that the most secular generation of leaders that the that the United States has ever had are the founding fathers. All right, they just they were all children of the Enlightenment. They were not a. Particularly, they talked about nature's God and deity and that kind of stuff. But, but you aren't likely to catch George Washington in the church very often, I don't think. And they have taken this and misrepresented it and put it out there. Grievances like, look, I'm, I'm a 79-year-old white. There ain't no doubt about that. I was a cradle Catholic. I, I'm, I'm straight and I'm a male and I've never been discriminated against. I look back on my 79 years and say, what are the things that you don't remember? I, 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 Black people where I grew up were 80%, 85%. They were really discriminated against. Gay people were really discriminated against. But yet these people have all convinced each other
2: that they're under siege from what? I don't know. There is a real victimhood mentality that has taken place and <laughs> I think it's basically because they're losing the game. And they've basically externalized and blamed others for what is their loss and their inability to maintain support for the views that they have that are really, as as you point out, are decaying and falling aside. But... Uh, <clears throat> But this victimhood thing is really a, uh, that's another whole matter. It's, it's its become endemic. Everyone said that Democrats are too focused on being victims. But the fact is, Trump has turned the Republican Party into a victimhood party. And uh, in doing so, he has really tapped into something on the right, but he's turned the party into, uh, in effect, a much more vengeful party, uh, determined if, to fight this victimhood position with, with the tactics of a, uh, of a pro wrestler. Everybody out there ought to
0: read Tom's piece last week in the New York Times about white Christian nationalists. Uh, it'll scare you a little bit, but boy, it'll, you'll, you'll learn a lot. Tom, you're always one of our very favorite guests, so thank you so much.
2: It's good to be here with you guys.
0: All right, James, now for the outrages of the week. Look, the Israeli-Gaza war is brutal with emotions raw on both sides. Israel's usually contentious citizenry is united in supporting the eradication of the Hamas terrorists who on October 7th killed innocent civilians and children. The Arab streets are pulsating with a fury over the Israeli response, which is also killing lots of innocent citizens and children in Gaza. Now, President Biden, while fully supporting Israel, is trying to temper the bloodshed, urging so far with little success and cajoling the Israelis to scale back these military plans, to think more of the humanitarian effect. No surprise, this has drawn criticism. But Rashida Tlaib, a Palestinian American representing Michigan in the U.S. House, went beyond any reasonable bounds. The Michigan Democrat accused Biden of supporting "quote genocide" of the Palestinian people and vowed not to forget in 2024. Now that's a lie, and I wonder how pleased the congresswoman would be in 2025 if Donald Trump is elected. And we now, yeah, uh, uh, oh, go
1: ahead. uh, 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 So let me finish this. uh, I, I, I. look I I, I I don't much care for her I don't have a lot in common with her but you know she represents the district I, I certainly don't agree with her views but i I, I don't know if censure is I, such a good idea totally I, agree I you know you, you, I don't I, but in I man I don't I don't really care much about her I'm sure she don't care much about me uh I, I wish she would get the label of a uh, socialist as opposed you know, so she wouldn't walk around with Democrat after her name. But I don't I, I, yeah, you know. And I, 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 you, know, you know, and it's probably a popular view in her district. I, I don't know. It's you know and listeners to this program know, and people, I've been very big on this Tuberville and this idiotic, uh, and by the way, they keep losing election on abortions and they keep denying promotions based on Tuberville's whatever, you know, and, archaic view of abortion. But the best thing I've read on it is by my friend, Sidney Blumenthal. It's in The Guardian. And the conclusion, I think, is the correct one. The man is just stupid. He's just a moron. It's not, it, you don't need to go much deeper than that. What do they call uh, Ackman's razor? You're supposed to mumble at it if you're smart. The simplest explanation is the best one. Yeah, he's dumb. He's really dumb. And the, the stupidity runs so deep in that political party. He, I, maybe he's smarter than James Comer, but not. No, he's not. No, he's, he's dumber than Comer. Comer maybe slightly smarter than him, and Comer keeps calling witnesses. That, tell him he's full of shit, and, and he he keeps doing it. Don't stop these investigations, Comer. Keep calling people. Keep it up. Amen. Dude. I think it's not good. That, thing. That, that, that's not right. The Reed in his piece be, in the Guardian.
0: Blumenthal yeah, in the Guardian. You know, uh, Com- Comer Tuberville IQ runoff. It would be a it would be a contest worth watching. Yeah,
1: okay, all right. I'll ask ACL to make give me some odds and make book on that. I, I, how how we can test them? I don't know, but it it, it hovers somewhere around. Well, room that's
0: temperature. that's on a cool cool day. Uh, <laughs> Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> no, I go on It might be, it's, room temperature, I think, is 60 to 70 Fahrenheit, like uh, 20 centigrade. There might be, the IQ might be on the Fahrenheit yeah, scale. Be.
2: And now for a segment we love, the fabulous
0: questions we get from our listeners. Uh, James, there's a whole bunch of Biden age questions. I'm going to just shorthand them, and you can combine them in your answer. Uh, Brendan Nashville says, would you guys quit griping about Biden's age and reframe the issue? It's about democracy, stupid. And Matthew in Silver Spring, Maryland, on the other hand, asks, could the party elders step in and convince Biden that stepping down is best? And then our friend John in Sonoma, California, says Biden is good at one job, being president, and very bad at another important job campaigning for president. Isn't the time now? Stop waiting for, for permission. What should he be doing now? James, take him over. Well,
1: you know, so I, I think that this is something that voters have really taken into account. There's no doubt this is hurting us. And so that, that and I've said it. I've been saying it for a long time. it have been pretty consistent. So look, the rebut to that, so, you know, is look, you're you're not being real, okay? You're a bedwetter. and and what's going to happen? And I see this all the time. I see uh, Jennifer Rubin, even Rachel Maddow, and and smart people say. This is what's going to happen. It's going to be Biden. It's going to be Trump. Everything else is frivolous. And then it's going to be a choice between Biden and Trump and people – Trump is so repulsive. that Biden will be – and this according to Biden says, I'm not on my I'm the alternative. So we will elect the alternative. Now, this is what I call political Calvinism or predestination, that everything in politics – Is going to happen. We already know in advance what's going to happen. And what we don't need is a bunch of whiny people. And, of course, in this world, there are no heart attacks and no strokes and no memory lapses and no plea deals. There's no convictions. There's no quirky New Hampshire. There's nothing. There's only political certainty. And I I just got to tell you, I I don't believe in – Political Calvinism. I don't. I don't think it's all been. The result is all preordained, and the events of a campaign have all been decided in advance. But uh, a, a lot of smart people disagree with me. So I just. I'll note. I'll continue to note that the public, by three quarters. Wants another choice, and they. It, it, I, I love President Biden. I think he's a state school guy. I think he's got a record that none of us could, could think he'd do. But I,
0: I don't think this is. A, I don't think this is a good choice. I really don't. Yeah, I'm afraid I agree with you. Ohio voters. It was a Democratic tilted electorate because of the abortion issue, uh, and they uh, by fifty nine thirty nine they gave Biden a negative grade, and I think a lot of that has to do with concerns about his age. James, our next question is from Drew in Oxford, Mississippi. I was just in Oxford last week. What a fabulous town. We didn't do worth a shit, Lafayette County. I know, but it's still a great town. Uh, It's one of the best bookstores in America. Hey, and and Drew asks, what's your first impression of Dean Phillips? Uh, to me he seems authentic and has a positive respectful message looks sharp energetic and has good hair too drew says you've spoken about <laughs> by james you can ignore that part uh you've spoken about Spoke what uh, you can ignore the part about that phillips has good hair too uh, uh okay uh you you two, spoken about biden's team lack of effective messaging what chances do you give phillips for a successful primary campaign uh really uh drew if you're talking about the nomination none but i do think he can make a big difference in new hampshire and we'll see if that uh has the biden people reconsidering uh you got to give him courage for running because a lot of people would like to challenge biden but just are too timid to do that or they buy into this fact that He's the eventual nominee no matter what, and all they'll do is split the party. But uh, he's not going to be the nominee, but he could play an important role early on. Well, so I
1: I don't know him. I, he, I've talked to him on the phone. He's called me. I've talked to him once, I think. Um, watch him on Bill Maher. Watch Dean Phillips on Bill Maher. And about this guy has got a lot more talent than anybody imagines. He, he's made a couple of, yeah, you know, I call them uh, gaffes. Somebody, you know, he said that the DN, he started complaining about the DNC. Fuck the DNC. No one cares about no, that. You no. know, that's not your argument. But he, he had just quickly. I thought he was superb, superb on Bill Maher. And I mean, and he is like, I wish some other people would run. The guy just he make he's making total sense. And uh, the, the, just just watch that clip. I mean, it's in like five minutes. Is one on one. It's not the easiest interview in the world, and I thought I thought he was really good. Uh, you okay, know. I, I agree. Yeah, I, let's I did. watch it and, and don't I, forget
0: Gene McCarthy in 1968. you know, and by the way, he's Dear Abby's grandson. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. Minnesota challengers uh, have an interesting uh, track record. Right. Ian right. in Ohio. Now, Ian, next time you got to tell us where in Ohio. It's a big state. Uh, says poll numbers show Biden losing Gen Z voters and minority voters in, dro- in droves. How can he win them back? It's above my pay grade,
1: dude. <laughs> I mean, I just say it's so bad. He's like winning by one with under 30 or something. I mean it, it 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 it's 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 horrific. The black turnout is horrific. And and of course the the political Calvinist, the, the the predestination crowd. Oh, don't worry; it's all going to come back in the end. These people have no idea of what you have to do to win an election. They have no idea of if one share of the vote goes down that's favorable to you. It's almost certain that another share of the vote that is unfavorable to you is going to go up. But I I, I can't fight political Calvinism because it knows everything, everything is preordained. You're just a bedwetter or a warrior or whatever. And it's the whole fucking thing is so fucking ridiculous that these people and oh it's we're gonna get 90 we're gonna get 63 percent of the under 30 well i'm not too sure but you as opposed to getting 63 percent of 17 you might get 63 percent of 15 which ain't good and they're gonna get more older whites showing up which is not gonna be good for you that whole thing is stupid
0: i'm sorry tell us how you really feel james Uh, I second it, uh, by the way. Chip in Milford, Kansas, says, with election polling failing miserably in the last couple election cycles, how much should we trust the new polls? Uh, They show Trump leading Biden in five or six states. Uh, Maybe there's just a problem with polling methodology. Chip, um, I think most polls have been pretty good. Uh, There was a sense that – among Democrats, that the Mississippi, their Mississippi polls were off. But as James noted earlier, Fred Yang did a fabulous job in Kentucky, calling it almost uh, exactly. Uh, there wasn't, I think, the polls in Ohio were right on. Uh, so yeah, there are good polls and bad polls. Uh, I thought that Siena poll had some flaws, but directionally, it seemed right on the mark. So uh, Chip, I'm not, I'm, I'm a little bit higher on on poll polls than you are.
1: I'm, I'm. I actually opposing Pacific internal polls. I mean, there's a certain exactitude that you just can't expect about it. But they had Reeves at a one-point lead. Obviously, we didn't get the turnout we thought. Maybe it breaks a bit. But I don't. I I, I think polling has been pretty good. And look, it, you can go through any poll and find something about it that you you, you don't like. And sometimes it's just the nature of random sampling, you know, where you don't do – one demographic is different. But by and large – and by the way, when you look at the sample, it's 3,600 interviews. Understand what that was. That was six interviews, 600 in six states. And the most – when you look internally, and that's what you do, do you realize – that in more, but more than just a little bit, there are more Biden voters who would consider voting for Trump than there are Trump voters that would consider voting for Biden. Digest that.
0: Yeah, that's
1: that's 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 really in 3,600 interviews. That that that's a lot. It, that the margin error is not very much.
0: I agree. Um, not very much. We're hearing from the UK today. Tom over in London. Ask good question. Will Steve Bannon pay a political or legal price for trying to destroy America? Why is that guy not in jail? He's been sentenced, hasn't he? I,
1: I I I don't really understand. The other thing is, why can't that? I'm I. I'm going to get a lawyer and see if I can sue that son of a bitch for copyright infringement or something. But he calls his show The War Room. You can't think of the name. You you can't think of original name that you come up with right hey? I mean at least our show has some pedigree some connection but I don't know how that in, by the way and if he does go to jail how'd you like to be in the same cell oh, with him oh. you think that son of a bitch don't stink oh. I hope they have showers there yeah, yeah I mean, something something him before he goes in there he's, he's a menace to the
0: other inmates and guards Douglas in Chicago, Illinois says, wondering if there are any second thoughts about the House Democrats in not saving Ke- Kevin McCarthy's speecher- speakership or even going with uh, a Tom Emmer, Emmer, a more moderate conservative. Uh, the answer to that, Douglas, is no, because whatever they had done, a McCarthy or an Emmer. Would be beholden to that right wing, and if they if they got too cozy with the Democrats, even in a little way, even in a you know responsible way, uh, that had been a move to unseat them uh, right away. So it just I mean I'm I'm sorry. The problem is not the Democrats' failure to support a McCarthy or Emmer. It's the failure. It's the total right failure of the right wing Republican caucus.
1: Well. You know, the ghost of David Broder lives on. You hear these commentators, these chin scratches, and Democrats have a responsibility. They should have done X, Y, Z. Well, okay, what Republican came up and voted when we had a full vote majority? And secondly, they can't do that because they would lose the election. I mean, that's a, that, if it ever came to that point, and, you know, politics today comes to a strange place, that would be so historic that it would be breathtaking. I don't know how it could, could possibly work without a, a lot more pain on that part. And the pain was so great... That you I, what I what I want to know is what happened to the eighteen that were in this? They were going to be uh, you know the the the, the Tom Cain's kid and Bacon from Nebraska, and they were going to be responsible. Was yeah, the majority of that caucus was Marjorie Taylor Greene and Warren Broke, whatever. What about them? What where didn't they step well, up? My- why, why do we say, why, why didn't Hakeem Jeffers step up? Why didn't they, the 18 or the 20, It were two that Biden lost by a percent? And we always have faith that these sound, good, principled conservatives really going to do what's right by the country.
0: they not. Well, Quit are Of right. the, uh, the timid 20, which I like to call them, uh, they voted, the majority voted for Jim Jordan, and they all voted for Mike Johnson. Uh, I want to see how, Ooh, yeah, I want to see how they defend that, uh, that vote uh, next year. James, our final question is from Craig in Minneapolis, whose 16-year-old daughter asked, who decided the voting age should be 18? We found the story of the 26th Amendment. Interestingly, the whole process appears to have taken only four months, which brings my question. Why not an amendment to set the age for president at 35 to 75?
1: Well, uh, <laughs> I, th- I think the public's going to have to do that. Passing a constitutional amendment is not like going to the drugstore. <laughs> it puts two thirds of Congress, three quarters of the states. I mean, that's great, and I'm glad. And I'm glad this young person is thinking about that. I, I, I think we need more young people that do that. And when you go through the journey, and you know, do. Uh, I was listening to Bob Rubin. You know, has a new book called little yellow legal pad and about and he's obviously a guy who's made a lot more good decisions than bad decisions in his life and you know you should and and i I congratulate you for thinking this i don't think it's it's highly unlikely to happen but as long as we got young people like you are thinking about this and bringing it up that that's a very good thing congratulations to this young woman a young girl i I, I, totally when when does a girl become a woman I'm, i'm always like is it 18 or
0: I don't know. I'm so scared I'm going to call somebody the
1: wrong thing. Uh,
2: Yeah.
0: I'm just very cautious, James. That's the best way to be on that. Uh, Yeah, it's the best way to be. be, be Uh, I'm also cautious in seeing someone I haven't seen in a while, and it looks like they've gained weight. And I never want to say, because I made this mistake about 20 years ago, I never want to ask them when they're expecting. Because they weren't expecting then, and it was really, really bad for me. So. (laughs) Uh, this is some comedian says, if your wife ass, he says, does my ass look
1: big in this? The only answer you give is ass? I don't know. Do you have an ass? I never noticed. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't comment. I'm just giving you a little tip out there for those of
0: you who don't know. Never talk about a woman's ass. That ain't, that ain't good.
1: <laughs> You'll get in trouble. All dude. right.
0: Uh, <laughs> I want you to keep those. Uh, questions coming in. If we didn't get to yours this week, uh, send them in again next week uh, because we'll sure try to get to them. They are terrific. It was good to have some people from across the pond this week. But uh, send them in again to us. And don't forget, tell us where you're from. Not just Ohio, but where in Ohio thanks for listening to politics world room with james carville and i'm al hunt don't forget to send your questions for us by email to politicsworldroom at gmail.com or tweet them for next week's show at politicon now following this episode we'd really appreciate it if you check out the links to our sponsors miracle brand real paper and zbiotics in the episode show notes we deeply thank you for supporting them when you do you help make this podcast happen Now, to keep up with us, subscribe to Politics War Room on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. You also can find other shows you might enjoy on the Politicon YouTube channel, or when you search Politicon on your favorite podcast site. Remember, please rate the show with a five-star review. We'll be back next week with another show as we continue our War Room plan.